0: And and just say thank you so much to the sea. Well done, guys. Well done. If you can just move those that way. Thank you. So good morning and welcome to each of you. It is a real privilege to, as I said at the beginning of the service, to have you here with us. Can I just see, is there anyone here who... ...who is here with us for the first time. Is there anyone here with us? Woo, welcome. Welcome. It is lovely to have you here. And, and because of COVID, we're not giving you um, what we normally would. But we know that um, that outside we will have got your details. Uh, we, we would like to pray with you um, after the service. And for those that are online, Welcome. Um, We are delighted to have you here with us on the 20th of December, just five days away from celebrating the birth, the gift of Jesus Christ to us. And I am, uh, Pastor Jenny and my husband and I together lead uh, this great church of his people in Peter Maritzburg. And I'm going to hand over to our lovely Administrator, Thumelo, who is going to share announcements with us.
1: Good morning, Church. Um, It's nice to be on the other side. You get to take off your mask. Um, So this morning and I will be taking you through the announcement. Um, our first announcement um, is about Thursday prayer. So we have welcomed you, first-time visitors. It was good seeing you here. I hope you enjoy the service. Um, if we can quickly go through the health and safety regulations, it's fine. Um, so you can go back to it. Um, so we're still wearing masks and we're still sanitizing people because we know they're still COVID, but that does not mean that you need to be anxious and whatnot. We're just following um, the precautions and complying with the regulations as well. Um, also keeping the 1.5-meter social distancing. So when you come to church, we take your temperature, we sanitize you, we ask you um, different questions. Have you been in contact with anyone who has COVID? Um, have you experienced symptoms in the last couple of days, and yeah, that is to make sure that we we, we keep you safe at all times. Um, Also, children, if you have any children in the hall, um, they are under parental supervision, but if you'd like to use, uh, if you want to feed your baby, you can use the baby's room. It's uh, next to the office, church office at the back. You're welcome to do that. You're welcome to use that room or if you feel like you want to go outside and get some air, then you're also welcome to do that. Now we will go to our first announcement, uh, which is about uh, today. So today is our last live service. We are not going to meet physically next week, but we will be having a service on the 25th, which is a Christmas service. It will be online. So if you can take me there, see, thank you. It will be an online Christmas service on the 25th on Friday. So a link will be sent using our church phone for us to be able to watch the Christmas service. Amen. So on the 27th, please do not come to church. We will not be having a service. But we will be having a service on the 25th online at the comfort of your home with your family. Amen. And then the second announcement, it is about our prayer, fasting, and consecration week in January. It is from the 11th, which is Monday, to the 15th of January. So we will be using booklets. So the booklets are soft copies for now. I think if you would like to have a hard copy, an arrangement can be made. But the booklet is available. It is a guide on what we'll be doing during that prayer and fasting week. Another thing is that we will be meeting here all those five days to pray corporately as we'll be praying and fasting. So I would like to encourage everyone to take part in this fasting and prayer. Remember, we are starting a year. We did not, we might not have ended it well this year with COVID and everything happening, but we are still having faith in God. We are still having faith with our, in our Creator. So I feel like it's a good way of starting a year, you know, you're like connecting with God, setting time aside for Him, just for Him, and praying and seeking Him more. So this week we'll be having that. And then our Thursday prayer, our time of meeting corporately and praying corporately, we will not be having prayer this Thursday, so we will be meeting on the week of prayer and fasting to continue with our prayer. Amen. So all of these slides are available on our church WhatsApp status in case you have missed them. Amen? So this morning I will be preaching. Pastor Jacques is on leave and Pastor Jenny, I'm joking. Um, So this morning we are having a surprise, but I think let us quickly just uh, do the tithes and offerings message before we get to our big surprise. So this morning we have a surprise and I am happy that people are surprised. So, um, if you would like to give your tithes and offerings using EFT, here are our banking details, and please, on your reference, just write tithes and your name. Other people, they prefer that. Or if you have cash on hand, you can quickly just drop it at the door there. There's a slot for you to put in your, your tithes and offerings. So, as we're giving this morning, as I'm going to pray for our tithes and offerings, I just want to encourage you that giving is an act of faith in god and this morning we are worshiping him with our tithes and offerings because we are trusting him with our money we are not trusting money over him but we are trusting him with our money that he has provided for us actually so as we give this morning i would like to encourage you and challenge you to trust god more than what your money can do for you because if he's in the equation then you will see you will have lots and lots. You will never run out because he is a God who provides for us. So can we close our eyes and then I will pray for our tithes and offerings. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that you are a faithful God. We choose to worship you this morning with our tithes and offerings, trusting in you, Lord. And um, We thank you, Father God, for the blessings that you have given us. And we thank you for the abundant provision that you have given us as well. We continue to come to you and to give as cheerful givers. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So if you would like to quickly make your way to put in your tithes and offerings, you are welcome to do that. Or if you would like to take out your phone and do your EFT, this is your moment to do that as well as we prepare for our surprise. Amen. In the meantime I would call Sis Pele to the front. Thanks Einstein. Can you help us with the music? I'm going to hand over to Sis Sisphili. This is a special surprise to very special people at our church. I'm not going to take her job this morning. She's going to explain to us what's happening. But what I would like to say is we have celebrated these people yesterday as they were celebrating their 27th anniversary. 27 years ago, they said, I do to each other. And still in the same family, Heidi was graduating. She is a graduate as well. So we celebrate the family. But sorry, I couldn't hold myself. Let me just leave. Thanks, sis. Hi, everyone. How are you?
2: morning, family. Um, I have a few prophetic words. Uh, One couldn't be here today, so I'm going to read a prophetic word to Pastor Jacques and Jenny, and um, just to bless you for all that you've done for us during this rather challenging year. (laughs) Um, Pastor Jacques and Jenny, surely blessing I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. Hebrews 6, verse 14. Are you waiting? Is it recording? Okay, alright. I'll read that again. Surely, blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply you. Hebrews 6, verse 14. God is bringing you into a time of increased influence. There has been a massive increase in your boundary lines. As with David, when he killed a lion and a bear, God has been preparing you for this time. You have what it takes. So, Father God, for God is not, an unjust, is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, in that you have ministered to the saints, and you do minister. Hebrews 6, verse 10. So, thank you for how you have led and served us during this challenging time. And then, um, I have a prophetic word for (laughs) Shemelo, our administrator. I'll give her a chance to get her recorder going. Is it going okay? I'm reading from Proverbs 31, verse 30. And 31. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. When I was praying for you, I got a picture of a queen, not even a princess, a queen, with a crown and the royal garments, and everything, all the paraphernalia that goes with being queen. A queen who carries authority, she carries um, She carries a measure of authority, a measure of power. And um, I felt like God was saying, you have been a queen in this house, serving this house, carrying an authority that's been given to you, and carrying. And also you've been a queen in your home with your husband and your children. And God is pleased with that. It pleases his heart. It gladdens his heart to see how you've carried yourself. You know, when you have a position of authority, it's easy to to usurp that when you want things done. But you've always carried yourself with grace. And you've carried your authority with authority, but you've carried that authority with grace. And God just wants to say well done to you. Cynthia? Sorry?
3: So I have a prophetic word for Uncle Walter. Uh, You are God's own son and he takes great delight and pride and joy in you. He loves you, and his abundance surrounds you. You lack nothing. Your heavenly Father sees to your every need. He knows your every hope and dream, for he is the one who put them in you. God has made you, and has good plans for you. And so his word is what guides and shapes your thoughts. Align your thoughts with God's truth with regards to who you are. All good things in life flows from this. You are loved, you are protected, and provided for in every way. You are well able, anointed, and empowered, and victorious. God is at work in and through you. And I've got some scriptures. Ephesians 1 verse 11. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God for he chose us in advance and he makes everything work out according to his plan. And Jeremiah 31 verse 3 it says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore with loving kindness I have drawn you and continued my faithfulness to you.
2: Um and I have a word for Wonke. so if you get your thing ready. you ready? Okay, um, I have two scriptures for you. Um, Psalm 18 verse 25 says, To the faithful you show yourself faithful, and to those with integrity. You show integrity. And then um, Proverbs 10 verse 19 People with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. And I really see you as a man of integrity. A man whose heart is after God. A man who desires to please God. A man who seeks God with all his heart, and I just want to honor you for, for how why in your quiet, integrous way you are leading and, and being a part of the leadership of this church, and just to honor you for that, because often, you know, the other, other folk are all out in front and doing the thing, and we don't, people forget that there are men of faith behind leadership like you, so thank you for what you do.
4: of appreciation, because as a family, we believe that, you know, even the smallest thing that we do, you know, if you are faithful with me, you would be trusted with much, and we really believe that in God's heart, after serving us the whole year, although it's COVID year, and a whole lot of things went not according to our plan, um, as a church family, we saw with That's like to get to something small, just to cheer you up and to say we love you, you are special, we see what you do, and we are just planting into the big things and the great things that we'd love to do for you, and that we know that our Father in Heaven will do for you. So, the church family has, I would call Um. She's taking the piece. This is for Pastor Jacques. <laughs> and This is for Pastor Jenny. Wow. wow. And then this is something small. Very funny show. Yeah. Wow. Thank you. Yay. Yay.
3: Yeah, Father God, we just thank you for Pastor Jenny and Pastor Jacques. We thank you for the blessing that they are to us, Lord God. We thank you for how they have just diligently and faithfully served you and us. Father God, we thank you for the blessing that they are to not only us, but to this community, Father God. And through COVID, they have also been a blessing even to people worldwide, Father God. So we just thank you for them. We declare blessing over them, Father God. May you continue to bless and keep them. May you continue to protect them. Lord God, may you just continue to bless even their children and their children's children, Father God. Lord God, we just thank you for your faithfulness over them. We thank you for how you love them. We thank you for how they love us and how they love to do your work, Father God. Thank you, Lord. Father God, may you continue to increase them in in strength, Father God. We thank you, Lord. Even Scripture says that blessed is the man who who trust in you, Father God. They're like trees planted by by the waters. Father God, we thank you that they do not have to be afraid in and out of season. Father God, you're constantly protecting them. So we bless them. May you continue to strengthen them. May you continue to sustain them. May you continue to provide for them. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
4: Hey, for a person who's coming next, can Uncle Walter come? Uncle Walter, we know you are not on the full-time team, like staff and everything,
2: but to us, you are.
4: Like as long as church existed, Uncle Walter would come every morning before everyone else came
2: an hour, in other years it was
4: like two hours early, and he would set the church and he would do a whole lot of signs and everything. And even now he does that. And also after church, he's the last person because he waits for all our cars to come out. So it's something small to say we see what you do and we love you and we appreciate you. So we are sitting in the creative space for you do, and I also know it's already doing
3: in your life. So, church, can you please stretch our hand to Uncle Walter? Yeah, Father God, we thank you for Uncle Walter. We thank you for his family. We just thank you for the blessing that he is. To us, Father God. Lord God, we thank you even as you've spoken through the word, uh, through the prophetic word, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that He is your Son and you know Him well and your plans for Him and His family are good. So thank you, Lord Jesus, for all the miracles that you have ahead for them, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that you continue to sustain them, to provide them, to protect them, to guide them, to strengthen them, Father God. So we just speak a blessing over over them in the mighty name of Jesus. We speak a blessing over the work of their hands. We speak a blessing over them, and we just speak that they will continue to find favor with you and with other people, Father God. Thank you, other Father, for their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: Amen. Hey, the person we're calling next, can we have this panel up? Okay. And thank you so much for everything that you do
2: for us and the family. As we said, she's our...
4: She's our...
3: Father God, we just thank you for Flumelo. Father God, we thank you for her, for her as our administrator. Father God, we just thank you for the blessing that she is. We pray, Lord God, that we just continue to increase her her gifting. Father God, thank you, Lord Jesus. We continue to just pray a blessing over her, over her and her husband and their family. Father God, we thank you for the blessing that they all are, Lord God, and we just pray. Your favor over them in the mighty name of Jesus. Father God, we pray your strengthening. Father God, we pray even your wisdom, Lord God, over them. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are to them. Father God, we just pray even comfort and just strengthening and joy and love and peace over Shumelo okay, and their family in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.
4: We can hold this one because Am is not here, but we can pray in her absence. Uh, this is for Amu. She did say yesterday she wasn't blue for him, so she couldn't come. And she's got a family commitment as well. So this is for her.
3: Yeah, Father God, we just thank you for Amu. We thank you for the blessing that she is to us as a church and even to us as campus ministry, Father God. Lord God, we just con- we pray that you continue to keep her, continue to protect her, May you bless her. Father God, we just pray your guidance, your provision, your strength. Father God, may your love and joy and peace abound in Amu's life in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank you for her. We just thank you for her heart to serve us. We thank you for her heart for students, Lord God. And we speak ahead of protection and your guidance over her. In Jesus' name, amen. And, um,
4: as God, expectation and beyond So we really see what she does, and we really, really, really care and support her. And, and, and Jovoso is not here, yeah, we pray for her and just forgive. And Jovoso, she's our, she's not in the staff, but she's our core team. Uh, together with the pastors, they really look after us and shepherd us and make decisions. Um.
3: Father God, we just thank you for Sister Gozo. We thank you for the blessing that she is to this church and this family. We thank you for the blessing that she is, Lord God, even to the youth. Father God, we just bless her. We thank you for her, Lord God. We just thank you that you continue to increase her capacity, Father God, even to love. Thank you, Lord God, that you continue to guide and protect her. Father God, we thank you for her life. We pray a hedge of protection over her your provision over her, and Father God, may you strengthen her, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for just who she is. Thank you, Lord Jesus, just for her consistency, even in serving, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God, for her heart, for people. We just bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. And also,
4: also, uh, she's not just in court, but she's one of those worship leaders behind us. It is all Pastor Jenny and easy and easily, but she's also the NCM to really discipline and help grow for all of that
2: yeah, over the
4: years, So over the years. Uh, I would love to call now with our own okay? chair. He's our co-team member. Uh, he does the same task and
3: Take your hand towards our own family. Yeah, Father God, we just thank you for our Thank you, Lord God, for his heart. And thank you, Lord Jesus, how you've made him such a, a man of integrity, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the blessing that he is to this family, his people, church, and for the blessing that he is to our campus ministry, Lord God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, just for his heart to serve. Thank you, Lord God, for just his heart. For you to be lord over his life and that of his family and for that to be such an example father god thank you lord god in just how Awonke has has modeled just being a, a young man on fire to all even the, the young men on campus father god and in this church so lord god we just thank you for Awonke. we pray blessings over him father god we thank you that you will give him wisdom father god we declare a grace over him father god where he is just needing more of you, Father God. We just pray that you will just continue to be with him. Father God, we pray for his family, that God we pray for him as a husband and as a father. Father God, continue to give him the wisdom that he needs to guide his family. And even um, as part of a a core team member for both the church and and campus, Father God, we thank you for wisdom. Thank you Lord Jesus that you have made him um, to provide wide counsel. Father God, not only to to this church, Father God, but in different spheres, Father God. So we thank you for the man that he is, and we thank you that even for all that you have prepared for him, Father God, even in the future, where he will be such a wise counsel to people in in different places of authority, Lord God. So we just thank you for him. May you continue to sustain him and his family, continue to bless and keep them. Father God, we declare a blessing even over his marriage in the mighty name of Jesus. Father God, we thank you for him. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, that even through his diligence, Father God, you have blessed him for generations, Father God. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for the legacy that he will leave even for generations and generations to Father God, based on the choices that Him and Flumelo have made. So we bless you, Lord God, for them, and we just thank you for them in Jesus' mighty
4: name. Amen. So, oh, thank you, Cynthia, and Cone, in your absence uh, for helping organize this small thing. Yeah, it wouldn't have been possible without you helping organize. Thank you, church. God
5: bless you. Go. Can you hear me? Am I on? Let me just pop this down here. I'm already, I'm already on. Let me come a bit closer to you. There we go. Okay. Wow, that was a surprise. Let me tell you to the people in the front here. We didn't know it was coming, so I just want to thank you so much. Uh, I know when it was our 15-year anniversary, which was in October, I mentioned it, but, you know, in this crazy year, we usually have a night of thanks towards the end of the year where we thank everybody who served. Um, But we just didn't feel that we could do something like that. So this is a huge surprise. I've, I've felt the tension that we... We needed to have a space to thank those who've served. So, so I know just a few gifts were given out, but just from Jen and I, I want to thank every single one of you who've served in big and small ways. Besides those who've been mentioned, I just want to really honour you. Uh, I think of um, you know people. For example, we've never had to celebrate a video team before, um, and there's so many people who've served this year. So thank you for how you've served and. And I'm always just so encouraged that, you know, the Lord said, if you give somebody a glass of water in my name, you won't be without a reward. So, so, Lord, I just pray that. Lord, that we, every single one of us who've served you in big and small ways this year, Lord, who've served his people in big and small ways. Lord Jesus, most importantly, I pray, firstly, that we would know that you see, Lord. And secondly, Lord, that you would reward that you would reward, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, it's my great delight to bring the word this morning. I just want to highlight just one thing on the planner. Due to our our president's announcements about COVID restrictions, the one restriction is around curfews. And we had planned a crossover prayer meeting on the 31st, starting at 11, going to midnight. Uh, Obviously, we can't have a meeting like that. Uh, But we've decided we're going to do it online, okay? So we're still going to Zoom. We'll send you the link. We'll send it on our Reviving Hearts prayer group, and we could maybe send it out further. And so we will send that out. So from 11 to midnight on the 31st, we will pray and worship and have some soaking. And just really, for, for, for me, for many years, it's so significant how you start something. And for me, starting something in the Lord's presence I surrendered to the Lord is just so significant. So, we invite you to join us on that as well. Okay, so this morning, um, I don't have any slides. And if you're a regular here, you may find that surprising. For various reasons, I don't have any slides this morning. And so, we trust that you'll be able to follow along. I trust you've got your Bibles. And I'm going to read the scriptures. Obviously, I'll read the scriptures, but you know it's so easy to have a Bible on your phone nowadays. Um, so we trust you can just connect that way. Um, so a, a good Bible app that I recommend is the you version. Uh, it's really good app and good devotionals. But let's just let's just go. So I want to start with two statements this morning, and then I just want to speak from that and share some scriptures with you. And uh, we are recording, and just for those of you who are engaging this online, we trust it really ministers to you as well. Firstly, I want to say this, even though you may take a holiday, the devil doesn't. In fact, I want to submit to you, he can't wait for some of us to take a holiday because he knows that's a good time to really launch an attack, and you know, unfortunately, I think many of us could say that, if we look back in our lives, (laughs) some of our holidays have not been the highlights of our lives. Some of our holidays have not been a time of rest. For some of us, if you had to kind of plot, uh, you know, a graph of spiritual growth and vitality, you know, when it comes to holiday time, there's definitely a dip in your spiritual growth and vitality. And I think there are a number of reasons for that, and I want to speak into some of them. And I think one of the things is that, you know, when we're in our normal weekly routines, we establish, generally, most of us establish healthy rhythms. Healthy rhythms, for example, spending time with the Lord daily, of coming to church weekly, etc. Then you go on holiday and you get out of all these these normal, healthy, godly routines. and, And that really throws you. And so... And so, I want to make another statement that can we, can we take a holiday, but not take a holiday from God? Can we take a holiday, but not a holiday from God? And I, and I want to say this, because I don't believe, if we're going to use, talk about rest, and that is a goal, I'm, I trust that you have the goal, I'm going to take a holiday, but I trust I'm going to rest. I don't believe that you can find true rest for your soul out, away from the Lord. I don't believe it's possible. Folks, if you want to go away from the Lord, hey, let me just tell you, the further you go from the, away from the Lord, the more the enemy is territory you're moving into. There's no rest. There's torment. There's anguish, etc. I want to submit to you. Moving and trying to find rest from, for your soul away from the Lord is just not possible. And so, and so I'm going to share some scriptures with you and and before I do, just one other quote, and I, I, I saw this years ago and looks better on the screen because we're actually playing on words here. And the quote goes, no Jesus, no peace, no Jesus, no peace. Now if you write it out, the first no is N-O, no Jesus, no peace. Away from the Lord, you're not going to find peace. As I said, torment and anguish and stress awaits you if you go into the bad lands if we can use a, uh, from, from Simba, uh, use that term, but no Jesus, K-N-O-W, no Jesus, no peace. And there is a peace, there's a rest that I want to submit for our souls that is only found in the Lord. And my prayer for you, and, and that's really what I want to minister into. I'm not specifically going to speak about 10 ways how to have a good holiday, or Five steps to have a good Sabbath, or etc. What I want to speak to you about is just some things the Lord has shown me over the years that are that are, that that speak into their rest. And I'm going to speak of Scripture. So the first Scripture I want us actually to look at is Matthew eleven twenty-eight to thirty. Now Jenny ministered on this, and in this these three verses, the Lord says, "I will give you rest." I will give you rest and folks there is there's rest for the body and your body needs to rest and I highly recommend getting a good night's sleep and having a good sleep routine and I recommend uh, you know eating healthy and I recommend exercising all the stuff for the body so important do it but Jesus says in verse 29 you will find rest for your souls, you will find rest for your souls, for your inner man, and you know, we come to the end of the year, and yes, for many of us, it's been a hard year, and your outer man needs rest, I remember when I came back from university, after writing a set of exams, I surprised myself at how much my body could sleep, I remember like waiting, waking up in the morning, at like 11am, and kind of staggering you know, through to the kitchen to look for some food because now, you know, kind of you've missed breakfast. Finding some food in the kitchen, you know, kind of making it through to lunchtime where you can eat again. Okay, makes. And then after that, um, you know, kind of, you know, heading towards an afternoon nap, you know, because hey, you know, it's been a heavy day in the office. And then, you know, kind of dragging yourself awake because, you know, hey, you know, need to feed myself again. It's getting towards supper time. And then watching some TV, you know, but not too late because hey, that bed's calling. And then you know, eleven o'clock the next morning, you're kind of like, wow, why did the sun get so bright this morning? And I used to do that for like my first two, three days after studying hard for exams. But personally, let me say a few years ago, after that, my body was rested. I'd had a couple of meals. I'd got a good couple of hours in, and you know, and then you kind of like, I need some exercise. But folks, yes, rest your body. But what I want to speak about is finding rest for your souls. And the key thing is this: that you're not going to find rest for your soul apart from the Lord. And so, if you look at your holidays, rest your body, get a good couple of hours in, catch up. Yes, eat well, exercise. Exercise as well. But consider what's good for your soul. Consider what is going to nourish your soul, your inner man. Because folks, it's out of the abundance of the heart. It's out of the inmost being. Jesus said streams of life giving water will flow. If you want to be refreshed and rejuvenated for 2021, folks, we need to nourish our souls. And this is the verse, I quoted just three, uh, three phrases. Jesus said, I will give you rest. And he said, you will find rest for your souls. Let's just read the rest of this verse. He says, come to me, all you are weary and burdened. Come to me. Folks, what does it look like for you? I want you to just think about the next two, three weeks, Christmas time. What does coming to Jesus look like for you? I, I, I'm very weary to put a cookie cutter mold on and saying this is what it looks like for Stella, this is what it looks for, like for Nolene, this is what it looks like for Gukhli. Folks, what does it look like for you? What does it look like for Rachel? What does it look like for Awanke, for Anne? And I just, my heart was just... Can we have some intentionality this holiday that, Jesus, I'm going to come to you? I want to submit to you, having some sort of intentionality, like on a daily basis you're going to come to the Lord, is so important. Jesus said, come to me all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. You know, the the interesting thing about this scripture, Jesus says, come to me all you are weary and burdened. Okay, so you kind of get a picture of somebody with this big load on their back. they burden. they're carrying this big load. And, you know, in a sense it's like, okay, we're going to come to Jesus, and we're going to give him his, our burden, absolutely give him his burden. And then we're going to come and walk away there and we're going to just no more load. But Jesus says something so interesting that for years I really didn't get. And I'm going to try and unpack it this morning. He says, come to me all you who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Great, I love it. But then this is his medicine. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart. He says two things. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Now, firstly, this concept of a yoke. And he goes on to say, he says, For my yoke is easy, verse 30, and my burden is light. So there's this picture of coming to the Lord with stuff, with load. Picture yourself with these big bags on your back. But after coming to him, he says, Put my yoke upon you. And this is the difference. And and I I'm just going to apply it very naturally. Now I've read the book Jock of the Bushveld, which was a book that was written about more than a hundred years ago. It was written in the early uh, yeah 1906, I think Sir Percy Fitzpatrick wrote it about his time in the 1880s when he was a transport rider in Mpumalanga. And what happened? There were the fields, etc. And the gold fields, they knee up in, in the Pilgrim's rest area, and they needed supplies. So you had transport riders, and these were guys who would literally take wagons down to the coast, which was Maputo, or Delagoa Base was known then, and they would go down with empty wagons, load the wagons with supplies, and then take the wagons up, and remember, it's through the low felt, through the Kruger National Park, what we would call today, and then up the escarpment right up top to Pilgrim's rest, and that was what they did. And they could only do it during the dry season and the rainy season. This time of year they couldn't for a number of reasons. And I love the book. I've read it about, I read it as a, as a boy because it was written. So Percy wrote this book. And it's really about him and his adventures with his dog, um, Jock of the Bushveld. That's what the book is uh, called. With his, with his dog in the Bushveld and all the adventures they had in the bush. And it was lovely. I read it as a boy. I probably read it about four or five times. I read it to my son twice recently. But why am I telling you this? Because I I read it and I'm intrigued by just what life was like in the 1880s in that part of our country, and particularly he describes so well the the whole job of oxen and wagons and getting loads up these mountains. It's basically that it's the Berg, it's an extension of the Drakensberg, these huge mountains where they take these these wagons up using oxen. And again, I know this, when Jesus is talking, he's talking in the Middle Eastern context where they use oxen to plow their fields. They use oxen to carry loads and wagons as well. But I want you to understand this. It's quite simple to understand. The picture is of you being like an ox and carrying load, but all by yourself. And Jesus is saying, no, 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 no. Put my yoke upon you. Now, what is a yoke? A yoke was a piece of wood that was shaped to literally go on the neck, over the neck of the ox. So, they would take a group of oxen and they would span them in. That's what they did in the eastern um, Mpumalanga area what, 130, 140 years ago. And they would span them in. They would put these yokes over them, tie them with leather straps, etc. There would be two next to each other and there would be a whole, whole row of them. They could be eight or ten or twelve, some span of oxen, um, all spanned in. But they would have a yoke upon them. And so this ox doesn't have any bags directly on, his, on, his, on, his, on himself. There's no burden on him. All he has is this piece of wood with these leather straps and now all the load is actually in the wagon at the back and he's pulling. But this is the deal. If you were to take all those bags and try and strap them on individual oxen and try and get them up the Drakensberg it would not be possible but put it put that load in the wagon so most of the weight of the load is actually carried by the wheels and these oxen are just trying to keep the wagon going forward it's much more efficient you're actually getting a lot more done but the other interesting thing is to have a yoke upon you it was never just one single ox you would span them in together and they would work together, and this was the deal. And how would you train a young ox? You would span him next to an experienced ox, and he would learn by the experienced ox on how to carry the load. What's so interesting about this scripture over here is, Jesus doesn't say, I'll get rid of all your burdens. He actually says, my burden is life. There's a yoke that the Lord has for us to carry. And folks, if we let go of some of the things that God has called us to carry, let me tell you, there will be no rest for our souls. For example, let me just submit to you the yoke or the responsibility to tend for and to nurture your soul and to guard your heart and guard your eyes and guard your ears, etc. Folks, some people think, hey, it's holidays, let's just tune into Netflix and whatever other flicks or YouTube whatever you want to watch, and let's just go for it. And that, folks, some of you are going to come out beat, beaten up because because of some of the stuff that, that, that has come inside of your soul. That that yoke to guard your heart and to nourish your soul, for, you can't give that to somebody else. That is a yoke you need to carry individually for nurturing your own soul. Yes, as parents, we have a responsibility to, when our children are young, to to place a yoke upon them of, read your Bible. Let's pray together. We are going to church. As a family, we go to church. That's what us OBs do, okay? And when we go on holiday, you can speak to my kids. We will mostly go to church. Unless we're camping in the bush somewhere and there's not a church nearby. We go to church because we are nurturing our souls. That is a yoke. That is a yoke that I willingly take upon me that on Sundays, we go to church. It's a yoke. And if you look at Jesus' pattern, He also, personally as a boy, He was found in church, studying the Scriptures, etc. It is something I'm never getting rid of. My commitment, that yoke of learning from Jesus, because this is the one thing he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. That, that, resp- that, that joy of learning from the Lord. I'm not giving up. I'm not taking a holiday from my Bible I'm taking a holiday from, from praying. I'm not taking a yoke from uh, taking the yoke off of worshipping God, of living for the glory of God, of wanting to see His kingdom come. I'm, I can never take that yoke off. And I, and I want to just share a little story with you that, that was so interesting. Well, Bill Johnson shared this story years ago, and it, it just made such an impact upon me. He was sharing about a, a man that he was working with. I don't know this man's name. He never mentioned it in the story. But this guy had, had been taken out of ministry. What I do know, this person has been, had been in ministry. This person had been in some sort of prophetic ministry. Something happened in his life, and he needed to step out of ministry. Now, I have no ways of ever guessing what happened in this man's life. But something happened in his life and he was taken out of ministry. And what I do know that he'd been out of ministry for what, six months. Now Pastor Bill Johnson is walking with this guy. And the goal isn't just, you're out of ministry, get out of my face, I never want to see you again. It was not that hard. His heart was, we need to work with you. Something happened that he needed to step out of ministry. We need to work with this person to restore him back into ministry. And so it was about six months into this process. And Pastor Bill Johnson shares about how, I'm just going to the scripture over here, how he was reading in the book of Samuel, and he read about Saul. And it says this about Saul in 1 Samuel 10, verse 6. It says, And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power, and you will prophesy. And, sorry, sorry. And it says that, when Saul prophesied, he was changed. Now the interesting thing is now, possible Johnson's walking with a guy who has been in the in some sort of prophetic ministry. And what happened? I mean, the scripture I'm referring to over here, um, there it is. It says, "And you will prophesy with him, and you will be changed into a different person." Okay, that's one Samuel ten verse six. So Samuel literally speaks this to Saul. He's a young man. It's around the time of the Lord calling him to be king. And then this, what, what Samuel prophesied, that the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you in power and you'll prophesy and you'll be changed, literally happens to him. Because he goes, he goes along and there's a company of prophets. There's a company of men who recognize, have the prophetic call upon their lives. And the Bible says when, when Saul sees them, the Spirit of God comes upon Saul and he literally starts prophesying with them. And it's, the Bible says that Saul was changed inside of him. Now, remember, this was also Old Testament where the Spirit would come, would come upon a person be on the outside and empower them. Today, we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. So when we minister for the prophetic gift, it literally comes from inside of us. It's not, you know, don't worry about, it. I don't want that prophetic gift because I walk down the street and suddenly I start prophesying for something I don't want to. Holy Spirit doesn't work like that. He'll unction you. And if you don't want to obey the Lord, hey, you know, in my experience, you know, he he, kind of doesn't take over. But the point is that Saul was changed. Saul was changed when he was ministering, when he was bringing that prophetic word to whoever. I don't know who the people were, but he experienced the power of God flowing through him. He experienced hearing and sensing the unction of the Spirit of God. And he spoke boldly, and that's what prophecy, he spoke boldly the sense and the things that the Spirit of God was showing him to speak. And the Bible says that he was changed. Back to Possible Johnson. He's walking with a man who's now out of ministry. And why am I bringing, why does this connect in my head? This man's out of my he doesn't have any ministry burden. He doesn't have any yoke. He's literally, think of him as an ox that has been let out into the field to graze and he hasn't had a yoke upon him for six months. He hasn't carried a load for six months. And Pastor Bill Johnson read this and he was like, I'm walking with this guy and I'm wanting to, to restore him into ministry. I'm wanting to change him. Whatever the thing was that caused him to step out of ministry, I want to see that change come. And he read this and he realized, I actually need to create spaces and places for this guy to minister. Because it's in ministering that God brings change in our lives and it's part of the restoration process. You see, sometimes we think, no, you must be perfectly sorted out in your per- private life, etc., before you could minister. This was a young, this was happening to Saul, remember. He's a young man. I'm sure he had lots of issues and issues on his issues. But the Spirit of God used him and he was changed. You see, experiencing the delight of being used by God does something on the inside of you it somehow, it calls forth the greatness. It reminds you of the greatness, of the call of God upon you when you're ministering in situations like that. And I want to submit to you, you know, the story with this, and, and I'm connecting it with Matthew, this yoke. There's a yoke that God has for us. And folks, if you let go of that yoke, you're going to become a fat ox grazing in the field. And sadly today, after... Many months of lockdown in some nations, it's just been crazy how much lockdown people have been doing. There are literally, sadly, millions of very fat Christian oxen, to use the metaphor, grazing in the fields, with, they've, they've let go of the, the yoke. And what is that yoke? The yoke, I believe, is God's call upon your life. It is, it is, it's got to do with the metron, your sphere of interest that God has called you to. I can go on holiday, but, for example, my responsibility as a husband doesn't cease just because I'm on holiday. That's not a yoke I'm giving up. I'm not asking any of you to take over my yoke of being a husband. Guys, just step back right now, okay? I love that yoke most of the time, okay? For 27 years, I've been carrying the yoke of being a husband. My responsibility in the home of a father, I'm not chucking that yoke away. It would be irresponsible. But I'm going to carry it the way the Lord wants me to. Okay? And I want to submit to you, even though we're not having a service next Sunday, that doesn't mean I'm not a pastor of this church. That I don't carry pastoral responsibilities. Okay? That I don't care for people. That we don't pray for people. That we stop trusting God for the great things He wants to do through this great church in Peter Meritsburg. And there are many yokes. For for some of you, it's, it, 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 it is, okay, you're not studying, but you're moving into your next year of studies next year. How about preparing your heart, preparing your soul? How about aligning your faith so that you have faith and expectations for next year? How about reviewing how you studied this last year? How you ran your business this year? How you did things? And actually taking the time to, to actually ignite your faith and reinvigorate your faith for the responsibilities God has for you. Now listen, I'm saying all of this, and I'm saying that doesn't mean I'm against, for example, retirement. I'm not against the reality that seasons come to an end. And we need to learn to end well and to move on. Absolutely. But there are so many, as I said, fat fat oxen in the fields of the world today where people have just, Thrown the yokes off and the reality is the kingdom of God is suffering big time. And I'm saying to you, would you, are you willing to, yes, bring your burdens to the Lord and swap the burden that you thought you need to carry with the yoke that God has for you. And say, Lord, I'm going to learn from you. I'm going to carry you this this well and healthy. So that young man that Pastor Bill Johnson was working with, I don't even know if he was a young or old, I don't know. Bill shared this, and I'm sure it was years later that he'd gone through this process that placing that yoke of the prophetic back on that person was actually key to them stepping back in to and being restored. And so I want to go to Hebrews chapter 4 and just look at this. Now, Hebrews 4 is the chapter about rest in Hebrews. Thank you. Just, you know, while I have a drink, having some background music is very helpful. Thank you very much. (laughs) Now God, Hebrews 4 verse 1. Now God has offered to us the same promise of entering into His realm of resting in confident faith. So we must be extremely careful to ensure that we all embrace the fullness of that promise and not fail to experience it. So, Hebrews chapter 1 is talking about a promise of rest. And he's saying, we must be extremely careful to ensure that we embrace the fullness of that promise, and not fail to experience it. The promise is of rest. And I'll read some more, verse 2 and 3, we'll get to that. But, we're talking about rest this morning, and I'm saying, Sometimes we think rest is taking a yoke off that God is saying, it's not, it's not time. But I'm saying more about Hebrews chapter 4. He's talking about this promise of rest. And it's difficult to actually understand Hebrews 4, where he pray, he's, he's telling us to enter into this rest, if you don't rewind into Hebrews chapter, chapter 3. And I, and I actually have made that mistake where I was trying to read 4 and not understanding it, and then rewind, because whoever, when they put in the chapter breaks, I don't know why they decided at this point, but what, ha- what he's talking about in three, they go together. And what's he talking about here? What's this rest? Let's just, let's just read on, verse 2. For we have heard the good news of deliverance, just as they did. Yet they didn't join their faith with a word. Instead... What they heard didn't affect them deeply, for they doubted. Verse 3, for those of us who believe, faith activates the promise and we experience the realm of confident rest. He's talking here in Hebrews chapter 4 about another people who didn't enter into rest. It says, uh, just, uh, they also got word of a deliverance yet they didn't join their faith with the word. What What are the people he's talking about? What is this promise of rest? That there was another significant group of people who got this promise of rest, but they never entered into it. And what? And he's actually highlighting how come they didn't. And if you read, I'll tell you, it's basically, it's the Exodus people. It is those people who were in Egypt, God used the ten uh, plagues to deliver them he got them through, to the, the, through the Red Sea miraculously. All that supernatural stuff, they saw it, they experienced it. And then they going through the desert, and it's, it's, it's hard country. And they started doubting and complaining and grumbling and moaning. And this generation is what the guy in Hebrew is writing about. They never entered the rest. The rest he's talking about here... In the natural, would have been actually entering the promised land and conquering their enemies and establishing themselves in their homes and, and 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 towns, wherever God was taking them to, and defeating all their enemies, and and experiencing a prosperous life in their promised land where they have defeated all their enemies, no more enemies. That is in the natural is the picture of where God was taken. And then they didn't enter. And why didn't they enter? And, and if, we, if, we, if we actually go and read, and I just want to go to the Scriptures, um, the writer of Hebrews is referring to one verse in Psalm 95, where, verse 11, where it says, They shall never enter my rest. And, and what is he talking about? And I just cross-referenced because I was like, I love to study my Bible and, and it's all interconnected and go and see the, the story behind the story. What's he talking about? And in Numbers 14 verse 22, it speaks about the Exodus people. This is here, we are talking about what actually happened there. What happened to these Jews? How come they didn't enter the rest? And we, it's a couple of million people. And look what Exodus 14 22 says. Not one of the men who saw my glory and the miraculous signs I performed in Egypt and in the desert, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on oath to their forefathers. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. But because my servant Caleb has a different spirit and follows me wholeheartedly or loyally, I will bring him into the land he went to and the, his descendants will inherit it. It's, it's, it's one of those stories that it's like, oh Lord, this is a sad story. We like happy stories we like, hey, they beat, you know, they defeated the giant or the dragon and, you know, they lived happily ever after in the promised land. Folks, we can either learn from our own mistakes or we can learn from other people's mistakes. I, these guys, can their story be a lesson to us? Folks, I believe emphatically that God has rest for us in a promised land. Each one of us, it looks slightly differently. And absolutely the fullness thereof is gonna come one day when we leave this earth suit and we join the Lord of glory in our new resurrected glorious bodies. That is gonna be off the charts. But folks, there is a rest, and this is what Hebrews is saying there's a rest this side of eternity. And my prayer is I know not all of us, have entered the fullness of the promised land God has for us. Because that's why we're still living and breathing. Because while we live and breathe and we live in this body, we are yet to bring heaven to earth and to bring an aspect of His kingdom down to this earth. And we haven't seen the fullness of it. And I believe and I know I will contend for it all my days, but I'm not giving up. Because I'm not letting go of this yoke. Because I will not be a fat ox in the fields, eventually dying of malaria because, you know, I'm too near some muddy water source or whatever, metaphorically speaking. Not one of the men who saw my glory and the miraculous signs performed in Egypt and in the desert, but who disobeyed me and tested me ten times, not one of them will ever see the land I promised on earth to their forefathers. No one who has treated me with contempt will ever see it. The word contempt jumped out of me. Yes, they disobeyed the Lord. They didn't believe. If you read, there was unbelief. But this word contempt, I haven't really looked at them with this. What is contempt? What is it to be contemptuous? And I actually just, just looked at it quickly. To be contempt, it's the feeling or the attitude of regarding someone or something else as inferior or worthless, looking at somebody with scorn or disdain. The state of being despised or dishonored or disgraced. Now we looked at honor last week. And folks, I I, I never realized contempt would be the opposite. One of the many opposites, antonyms of honor, contempt. And it says these people were looking down at God. That's what contempt is. They didn't treat God as God even though they'd seen all these miracles. Folks, listen, all ten of the plagues were phenomenal. Just one plague and I would be, Lord, I will follow you for the rest of my life, you know? I mean, can you imagine? I just have three mozzies, you know, at night. And I'm like, Lord, take me to heaven. Imagine just being surrounded by mosquitoes like everywhere. Or frogs. Do you prefer frogs? You know? And incredulously... You know, Moses comes to the the, the Pharaoh and says, hey, do you want me to get rid of the the frogs? And he says, well, let me think about about it. Give me one more night with the frogs. How many of you would like one night with 10 zillion frogs hopping on your bed and under your bed and, you know, you're trying to go to the bathroom and you're squishing frogs and, and the girls are going, please stop right now. I'm just freaking out. Literally, Pharaoh said, give me one more night with the frogs. Folks, how many of you are like, no, give me one more night with my fill-in-the-gap, with my issues, with my torment, with my, my, my ingrown toenail? Why do we do that? The Bible says that they treated God with contempt. If somebody treats you with contempt, they look down at you scornfully. It's the opposite of honor. Contempt is the result of pride. I don't know how it happened. I don't know why. Was it because they experienced so many miracles that they thought somehow, you know, we're quite hot around here. You know, look at all the miracles that follow us. Aren't we so great? I don't know. That's one of the, the, the biggest scary things about supernatural ministry is the spiritual pride that comes with it. The bottom line is, folks, they didn't mean to enter into the promised land. And I want to say. Folks, there's rest that God has for us this this holiday season. But that rest does not come with living with the frogs, living with your stuff. Verse 24, but because my servant Caleb has a different spirit. My prayers, do you have a different spirit? I pray, I read this, and I hope you pray when you read your Bible as well. I read this and there's one group of towards God, they're contemptuous. They look down at God. There's another group, he says he had a different spot spirit, and he follows The Lord says he follows me wholeheartedly or loyally. Can you say this holiday? God, it's a holiday. I don't have to study for exams. I don't have to go to work. I don't have to answer to a grumpy boss, even though the boss is some for some of us our Okay. Some of you, it's like. But can we say can we say that we are going to follow the Lord wholeheartedly even in our holidays? We're going to follow the Lord wholeheartedly. You know, I wrote down a list of some of the things that that really do inspire me personally. And and before I do this, maybe I should share, let me share, before I share that list, the things that I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not laying down, I'm not giving up on. I want to share this little little story about David. You know, David in 2 Samuel 11, chapter, chapter 11 of 2 Samuel is a tragic, tragic, train smash of a chapter. One of those chapters that you read it once, it's like, oh Lord, I don't want to read that again. It's the story of, Uriah's murder and adultery with Bathsheba. It's one of those stories you can read once, and it's like, I don't know if I'll forget that story. And I pray that we don't forget that story. But it starts off, 2 Samuel 11, verse 1 to 2, it says, and this is the NIV, in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war. David sent Joab, who is the commander of his army, out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army. And they destroyed the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. One evening, David got up from his bed, walked around on the roof of the palace. And from the roof, he saw a woman bathing. You can go read the rest of the story. But how does the king who who should be leading his army what is he doing in the middle of the night, top of his palace? And he smashed up so big time. I don't want to focus on the smash up. I want to focus on in the spring, at the time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men. He was the king. It was the season. There were battles. There was a yoke. There was a mantle of leadership. There was responsibility that David had upon him. And he had laid it down. And he sent off Job and all his mighty men. Last week I read about uh, some of his mighty men when we were looking at honor. The three, the big three. About how they went. And they went and they smashed through a Philistine uh, the Philistine army to get water from him from the well of Bethlehem. Folks, those men, he sent them all out of his life. He's all by himself. He sent them out of the, his life, and he is all by himself, walking around the palace roof in the middle of the night. Folks, you may be on holiday, but don't send your men out of your life. You may be on holiday. But that doesn't mean you need to disconnect from the woman in your life. That doesn't mean you disconnect from people in your life who treat you with honor, who call you to the greatness, who respect you for, for who God has called you to be, who see the greatness upon you. Folks, we can't separate ourselves from those people. Even if you go home. You know, nowadays it's, it's quite quite hard to stay disconnected. I mean, it's so easy to be connected. Even though you may be going home and you may be with, you know, far away, you don't have to be disconnected from those people. This year, for example, we are going to still be having services online. You don't have to feel, oh goodness, there's no church in Ingwabuma back home where I'm at. Hey, we are YouTube away, okay? That's where we are. You spend all night on YouTube on Saturday night watching YouTube videos. Hey, tune in on Sunday morning for a really good YouTube video, you know. It'll be good for your soul. And so David, in a time, it was not the time for him to give up the leadership of his army. He should have been out there at war leading his army and he wasn't. And I'm saying just because it's holiday time, don't lay down your, your mantle. Yes, rest from your work. Sleep, eat, get good exercise. Absolutely rest your body. But don't send the men of war, your men of war, your women of war, out of your life. And I want to, I want to come back to this. What were some of the things David, had, I believe, had lost sight of his calling. His, he was preparing the way for his son. He was a warrior. His job was to destroy the enemies God said to him you are not to build a house for me that was his son's job but he was meant to destroy all enemies so his son could have peace solomon so his son could build the temple that and 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 carry on building the great nation that God was calling him to build and he didn't what are some of the things some of the, the I've mentioned to you some of the the yokes that I will not let go go of. But as a church, what are some of the yokes that we have that we are not going to let go of? How about being a multicultural community? Folks, the enemy hates the fact that there are different shades of skin color in this room. He hates the fact. I'm not letting go. And I'm not going to compromise that. Some of us are going to go on holiday and be on around Christmas dinner table with people who don't value people with a different skin color to whatever their skin color is. And they will speak contemptuously of other people and often it comes across in jokes about people with different skin colors. Are you going to say, well, you know, I'm at home now, I'm not contending for multicultural. Am I going to say, yeah, you know, people with that skin color, yeah, you're right, you know, they're always like that. All people with that skin color, they always do this, say this, act this, and when the jokes come, you laugh along just like everybody else. Or are you going to say, I'm still contending for multiculturalism? Is this something that you value that you will contend for it wherever you go? How about multi generational? Will you make an effort, for example, this holiday? For example, to maybe go and chat to some of the younger people, or if you are a younger people, try and chat to some of the older people and break through the multi-generational stereotypes, you know, we're all, you know, whatever, the old guys sit over there and you know, all, well, whatever, other people in other places, okay, I don't want to say who's in the kitchen because I'm not stereotyping over here. I don't know. Maybe some of you guys are going to venture into the kitchen.
2: (laughs) I've arrived.
5: (laughs) Just get ready to dodge some knives. Okay. How about our commitment to building a church where both married and single people can thrive, can celebrate? And you you don't think that, oh, I have to be married, or, oh, you know, to really, to really make a difference, I need to be single. How about things we are contending for, that ministry is not just for men, or ministry is not just done by women around you, but both men and women minister together in the anointing and the power of God. And we don't put glass ceilings on people, either way, and think like, oh, you know, Your gender is this. The children's church meets downstairs. How about the haves and have-nots? This is not a church just for people who drive whatever, you know, big fancy 4x4s. You don't have to have a big fancy 4x4 to attend this church, okay? Have you noticed my big fancy 4x4? How about we are contending to build a great church in Peter Maritzburg? But there's this mindset that if you want a great ministry, you must go to a great city, you know? You must go where... How about the reality that Jesus was born in Nazareth and they couldn't believe that anything great could come from such a small town, but yet the save of the world came from there. How about you believe with us that we can build something great, in a city that most people don't even know how to pronounce. Let me tell you. Would you contend with us that we build a community where we embrace students and students embrace community and we do church life together? Can you embrace a church where supernatural ministry is not just done by the big dudes, but everybody gets the opportunity to pray for the sick and share prophetic words. Could we build a community and can we contend for a church where it's not just the mature leaders that do everything around you, but we give space for young leaders to step up to the plate, young leaders to come and share their testimonies, young leaders to get involved. Can we build a church where mature leaders are partnering with young leaders to nurture them and encourage them and say, you can do it, step up to the plate. Can we build a church where honour is shown towards all and not just the main dudes who do everything around you? Can we build a church where we recognise the uniqueness or the shape We've been looking up every single person. We recognize that everybody has multiple gifts and talents and abilities and experiences and spiritual gifts. And we nurture those gifts and we celebrate them and we come and we contend for them. Folks, those are things that I'm not laying the yoke down. I'm saying, Jesus, that's actually a burden you've placed upon Well, that's a yoke you've placed upon us and I'm contending for that. Can we build a church where we don't give up on people but we contend for them? That God can change their hearts, change their lives, break addictions and see them set free. Can we continue to contend for that? Folks, I could add, that, that list, I didn't actually number it, but it's quite a long list and there are probably quite a few more things I could add. there, Folks, these are things that I want to invite you that we continue to contend. I want to I just read that scripture again. Hebrews, oh, sorry, Matthew 11, verse 28. Come to me. and I want to read it and I want to pray it over us. Come to me, Jesus. We hear your call. This is very personally. It's also corporately. Jesus, we come to you. And we recognize you are Lord. You're our Savior. You're our Master. We come to you, Jesus, all who are weary and burdened. Lord, we come to you and we say, Lord, shoh, there were some serious burdens. And Lord, there's just, this year has made us weary. Lord, we recognize that. And I will give you rest. But Lord, we recognize you will give us rest. There's nowhere else we can go but to you, Lord. Take my yoke upon you. Lord, We take, we take your yoke upon us, Lord. And learn from me, Lord. We want to learn. Lord, I pray, even as we rest from our labours in holiday, Lord, that we would just learn from you exponentially. Lord, that as we as we when we gather again on the 10th for our next in-person meeting, church service, Lord, we would have learned so much from you, Lord. Lord, may 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 we be able to comment as we meet each other, sure. There's something different about you, Lord. Lord, you said, for I am gentle and humble in heart. Lord, as we come to you, may we know that aspect of you, Lord. When we bring you the things that have made us weary and our burdens, may we know your gentleness and your humility, Lord. And you will find rest for your souls. God, I pray that for every single one of us. God, I know we'll rest our bodies. That's not easy to do, difficult to do, but... Resting our souls, Lord. Rest for our souls. I pray for every single one of us, we would find rest for our souls. Lord, you said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Lord, we just want your yoke and the burdens that you have for us, Lord. Because, Lord, when we carry what you have for us to carry, Lord, Lord, you give us the grace to carry it. You give us the strength. And just as oxen that are, that are in span, Lord, Lord, their muscles are toned, they are healthy, they are strong. God, may we continue to carry the yokes that you have for us. And God, give us the wisdom to lay down the things that are not from you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, folks. So we'll see you online on Christmas morning, and then uh, remember our Zoom meeting for our crossover New Year's service. We won't have a service on the 3rd, um, but it'll be online. On the 3rd, it's on no service on the 27th, online or any other way. That's Sunday, that's next Sunday, no online or anything, because we'll have our Christmas service on the 25th. We'll see you in person again on 10th and ready for our prayer and fasting and consecration. God bless you. Greet somebody as you go. God bless you. Thank you so much.